use the truth, and uh, uh, may we uh, be challenged and helped here uh, tonight by what you've uh, given to us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Pharaoh, the king uh, of, of Egypt at the time, uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt, uh, his name was not necessarily Pharaoh. I believe this one, his name was Pharaoh. He was uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Uh, but there were other people that Pharaoh meant the king, and that's what they called him. But anyways, the Pharaoh here of Egypt, he uh, had a troubling dream. Uh, we've all had troubling dreams at times, but uh, boy, he had a troubling dream, and he did not know what to do about it. Um, it was a, an impossible scenario to figure out. And, uh, and even once he did find out what the dream was, he was in a pretty tough strait, but he, he, uh, he didn't know what to do. Uh, he was uh, in this situation where he, he needed uh, some serious help. He needed somebody that could interpret this dream uh, for him. Uh, he called in all of his wise men, the earthly wise men. Brought in his sorcerers and, and brought in his, uh, his magicians and all those that would give him advice. And he told them the dream and asked them, what does this dream mean? And uh, none of them could tell him. They did not know. Finally, one man said, now hold on. He said, uh, in jail is the, um, uh, I think it was the, uh, the, uh, um, the butler, if I'm not mistaken. The butler said, now I was in prison, uh, Pharaoh. Remember when you got mad at me and threw me in prison? Yeah, I was in prison and uh, me and the baker were both in there. And we both had a troubling dream one night. And we didn't know what that dream meant. And there was a man in jail named Joseph, and he interpreted those dreams, and what he told us came true. I think that Joseph might be able to tell you what that dream means. Pharaoh called for Joseph and brought him out of prison. They shaved him and gave him a bath and put some new clothes on him and brought him in before the king. And the king said, I hear that you can interpret dreams. Boy, immediately he said, not I. But God. God, God's the one behind this, not me. It has nothing to do with me. It's the Lord that does this. And the Lord has given me that wisdom. And uh, Pharaoh said, I had a dream, and, I, and I'm, I'm bothered by it. He said, I dreamed that there was uh, uh, seven uh, very fat, healthy kind or cows that, that came up out of the river. And boy, they were, they were healthy and good looking and, and uh, very fat and uh, well-favored kind. He said, immediately after came seven other thin uh, ill, sickly, uh, uh, starving kind. And they ate the other seven fat kind. He said, then I had another dream immediately after that. I dreamed about these seven uh, uh, ears of corn that came up and, and they were full ears and good ears and healthy and luscious. And then seven others came up that they were, they were dead and dried up and they devoured those seven good ears. He said, what does this mean? And immediately... Joseph told him, uh, Joseph said, uh, I can tell you this dream. He said, the dream is, you have, you, they're both the same dream. They're both the, uh, uh, talking about the same thing. You're going to have seven good years in this land. Seven well, uh, healthy, uh, fat, wonderful e uh, years of plenty. But then immediately after that, you're going to have seven years of famine like Egypt has never seen before. And that uh, famine is going to destroy the land. 
He said, the only thing that's going to save it is if you will save up in those seven good years, save up enough food that will carry Egypt through the seven poor years. Uh, that's your only hope. So the best thing for you to do, Pharaoh, is find you a wise man out there that knows what he's doing and have him uh, put him over the affairs of Egypt and over the, the, the food program uh, that they could save the land. Uh, Pharaoh was troubled. There was no man that could help Pharaoh. There was no answer for his problem. There was no answer for his question. There was nothing that Pharaoh could really do. He was facing uncertain failure, and his subjects that were around him had no solution whatsoever. He called for Joseph, and that man, Joseph, told him the interpretation and the solution. And when that time came, we read that last verse there in verse 38, and Pharaoh said, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Here's what he was saying. Listen tonight. Uh, Pharaoh was saying, what we just heard is rare. This is rare. I had a dream. I didn't know the interpretation. I had no idea what it meant. And for us to find a man that the Spirit of God is in him in such a way that that man could immediately tell me what that dream meant and told me how to interpret that dream and how to what the solution was. He said, that is rare to find. He was saying, if we searched the country all over, we couldn't find another man like this in whom the Spirit of God is. Actually, what he was saying, he was saying, how did we find this man? How did we find a man like this that has the Spirit of God dwelling in? In him. You know what the world is looking for today? And do you know what the world needs today? We need a spirit-filled man. We're looking for spirit-filled men. That's what we need today. Remember Naaman? Naaman was a, uh, the general of an army, the Syrian army, and he had this, this uh, horrible disease called leprosy. And uh, there, uh, he needed somebody that could heal him. He needed a spirit-filled man. He needed somebody that could come and, 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 and heal him. He tried the doctors. The doctors could do nothing. He tried going to the, uh, the, the, the priests and the religious people of his day, and they could do nothing. He needed a man in whom the Spirit of God was, and, but he could not find anybody. And so he traveled over 300 miles. Back then, that was an awful long way. He traveled over 300 miles from Syria to go down to Jerusalem to find a man named Elisha in whom the Spirit of God was and Elisha recovered him from his leprosy. Who can find a man like this? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. Do you remember the Shunammite woman? The Shunammite woman, the Elisha had shown up and, uh, and 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 uh, uh, the the Shunammite woman had given him a place to stay, and had housed him many many times. Every time he passed through town, she housed him and built a little room especially for him, where he could come and and he could uh, he could stay there and and eat and and uh, and have his own uh, little chamber and his own his own bed and his own table and so on. And finally, the, the uh, Elisha said, "What are we going to do for this lady?" And uh, his servant Gehazi said, "Well, she doesn't have a child. I know she wants a child." He said, go tell her she'll have a child nine months from now. And sure enough, nine months later, she had a child, a man in whom the Spirit of God was. And uh, yes, he got that. She had that child. A few years passed and the child fell sick and the child died in her lap. And she picked up that child and, and set him down and, and uh, quickly got on an ass and rode 15 miles away to go find Elisha. Why? She was looking for somebody in whom the Spirit of God dwelt. Somebody that could help her because 
nobody. Hey, she found she found the, the preacher's uh, assistant, uh, Gehazi, and Gehazi came, and he could do nothing. He could do nothing for the situation. So she got up, and she went back, and she found Elisha, and the man of God came and raised her son up from the dead. Why? How, how can we find a man like this? How, uh, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Who can find such a man? Saul came in desperate times. He was facing the Philistine army and the Philistines that, that came down against Israel. He could not find a spirit-filled man anywhere. He looked all over and could not find help from anybody. He got so desperate, he found a witch and asked that witch if she would call up the dead and bring up Samuel, who was dead, and try to bring him back up and get advice from that spirit-filled man of God. Why? Because it's rare, listen, it's rare to find a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Who can find a man in whom the Spirit of God dwells? Pharaoh, he searched the land all over. He asked all of his magicians and nobody could help him. He asked the sorcerers and nobody could help him. He asked all the witches and nobody could help him. He asked all the priests and nobody could help him. But finally, when he could find nobody else, somebody said there's a man in whom the Spirit of God is. His name is Joseph. Pull him up out of prison and that man can help you. And Joseph gave him the answer. Who can find a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Remember the Queen of Sheba? The Queen of Sheba heard about a man named Solomon, heard of a man who was the wisest man that ever lived, heard of a man who, who uh, the Bible says that his subjects were happy. The people in his kingdom were happy because of his wisdom. The queen of Sheba, she was so amazed. She, the Bible says she, she traveled over 50 miles and brought uh, camels and gifts and, and, and money and clothes, all kinds of gifts to Solomon. And she came to Solomon and said, I've heard of you. I've heard that you're such a man that the Spirit of God is in you and you're a man of wisdom. I had to come and see it for myself. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. Jesus Christ walked this earth and the multitudes flocked to him. They followed him. I, he could not get away from them. They pressed upon him until finally he, he got into a little boat and pushed himself out in the water just to get away from the multitude and taught them from the boat. At one point, the Lord got in the boat and wanted to get away from the crowd a little bit. And so he, he told the, uh, the captain of the boat, he said, listen, go across the Sea of Galilee. Go to the other side. And as he went across that, the, the, the Sea of Galilee, the crowd, they outran him and they ran around the Sea of Galilee and they were waiting for him on the other side. Why? How can you find a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Boy, when you find a man like that, the people will flock to him. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. The world today is desperate for a man in whom the Spirit of God is. The world is desperate today to find a lady in whom the Spirit of God is. I was at the airport one day and walking down the jetway and uh, the lady in front of me, an older lady, and, and she, she turned around and I don't, know, I don't know why, but she turned around and looked at me and she started weeping and as soon as she did, she said to me, do you pray? Do you pray? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, will you please pray? My granddaughter, she was just molested, I found out. And she said, my, my grandson just blew off his hand with a cherry bomb. She said, I'm on my way to see them. They're suffering right now. She said, could you just pray? 
And we prayed there in the jetway. Listen, I'm trying to say the world is hungry for somebody today that knows God. How often people come to Christians and say, Will you pray for me? Would you pray? Listen, they're coming because they, they're desperate and they're in need of somebody that knows how to pray and somebody that can get a hold of God. And Job, in the midst of all his affliction, in the midst of all of his trial and all that he lost, this is what he said. He said, I desire a daysman. I want a daysman. What is a daysman? It was somebody. It was an umpire. It's a judge between two parties. Somebody that could stand between Job and God. Somebody that could stand in and get a hold of God and get a hold of Job and intervene between the two and bring them back together again. Job said, if I only had somebody who knew God good enough that they could bring me and God back together again, who can find such a man? This world needs people who know God. They need Christians who know God. They need a, a, a godly man and women that can bring man uh, 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 to God and bring the things of God back down to man and reunite the two. And can we find such a man in whom the Spirit of God is? I mean, if we were to look here tonight, can we find a person like that? Can we find a man? Can we find a lady in here tonight that the Spirit of God dwells? I'm not talking about somebody that, that can say one thing and live, uh, and live another and, and preach one thing and live another and, and live one way at church and live a different way outside the church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who says the right words and, and somebody that knows what to say and somebody that knows a few Bible verses. I'm talking about somebody that the Spirit of God is and in them. And when somebody comes in for help, their help is, comes forth out of them and their life is changed just like it said of Jesus when the, the woman had the issue of blood touched him he realized that virtue had gone out of him and healed somebody can we find such a person as that that the virtue flows out of you we need some men we need some women we need some teenagers who the spirit of God is those bus kids that ride our buses do you know what they ask can we find such a man in whom the spirit of God is those kids that come in on our buses and, and many of them come from a pretty adverse lifestyle and they come from some of the ghettos of this, of this town and some of them come from some pretty horrific circumstances and when they come in, you know what they're looking for? They're looking, is there somebody in whom the Spirit of God is that can help me and answer my problems? Hey, don't get mad at those bus kids. They're looking for somebody who has the Spirit of God. Careful before you yell at a bus kid. They're looking for somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. Be careful before you blow them off and, and push them aside and, and treat them like a second-class citizen. Hey, they came to a Warren Baptist church. Why can we find a man in whom the Spirit of God is? That's what they're looking yes, for. You know what the addicts who come to a Warren Baptist church are asking? Can we find such a man in whom the Spirit of God is? You know what they're looking for today? They're looking for somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. Hey, people don't become addicts overnight. No, it's a, it's a small, long, lengthy, drawn-out process. It starts off a little bit here and a, a little bit there and then a little more and a little more. And maybe it starts off as a, as a, a every a, two or three times a year. Then, then pretty soon it's monthly and pretty soon it's weekly. And before long it's daily. And, and pretty soon they're so sucked in they can't find their way out. And so what do they do? They say, I heard of a church. I heard of God. And they come saying that there's somebody in whom the Spirit of God is that can help me. You know what teenagers are looking for? Teenagers aren't looking for some, some cool playboy that can play with them. 
The teenagers aren't looking for somebody who can identify with them. Teenagers aren't looking for somebody to dress like them. Teenagers aren't looking for somebody to act like them. Teenagers aren't looking for somebody to go play with them. The teenagers come and they're looking for somebody in whom the Spirit of God is that can help them. People flock to your Sunday school class. You know why? Because they're looking for somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. Oh, Sunday school teacher, do you have something to give to your class when they show up? Do you have something to help those kids with when they show up? Hey, bus captain, do they ride your bus looking for a man of God and looking for a lady of God? Are they finding that? Or they leave just as empty as how they came? Can we find such a man in whom the Spirit of God is? The brokenhearted, you know what they're looking for? Somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. Those that have, have uh, come in and they maybe have cancer or death that has invaded their family or some sort of a major problem of life and they're, they're broken hearted and they're down and they're burdened and they're, and they're bruised up and Satan has had his way with them. They, why they come? They come here not for the music. They don't come to see you and me and they don't come to hear some fancy words. They come looking for somebody in whom the Spirit of God is that they can walk away changed and how they came. That parent has the wayward child. Do you know what they're looking for? Can they find such a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Can they find such a man that can maybe reach down and help their son or help their daughter? That person that's facing the impossible circumstances of life and life is, has come to them in a very adverse way and it's destroying them and they don't know what to do and they've had a disturbing dream and the future looks grim. Hey, they come looking and asking, is there somebody in whom the Spirit of God is? Every neighborhood needs a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Every family needs a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Every place of business needs somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. Let me ask you something. Are you that person? Are you that person in your home that you have the answer? Are you the person in your home that your family can come to because they know if they can get to you, it's going to be okay because the Spirit of God dwells in you? Are you that person at work that when somebody at work faces a trial, they know they can come to you and call on you because you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? Are you that person in your neighborhood? Are you that person in church? Are you that person in your Sunday school class? Are you that person in your, uh, in your school that they know that the Spirit of God is with you and you can make a difference? I'm tired of everybody playing church. I'm tired of so many people and Christians going through the motions and, and they say one thing and put up one thing and, and we all have a big fake facade and God said you're nothing more than a whited sepulcher. You look good on the outside and you play the part, but inward you're dead and you have nothing to offer. Is there anybody that has the Spirit of God in them? Every Christian ought to be filled. Every Christian ought to be filled with the Spirit of God and there should be no famine of finding a man in whom the Spirit of God is. You know what every church needs? Every church needs a man of God. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. A church doesn't need somebody, doesn't need a hireling. They need a shepherd. They don't need somebody who, can, who comes in and, and, and gets his sermons off the internet. They don't need somebody that comes in and, and tickles the ears and scratches everybody's back. They don't need somebody that comes in and, 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 and tries to just build a, uh, build a mega church regardless of what the cost. They don't need somebody that's going to come in and, and uh, just follow the flow of the world and, and changes of the world and bring the world into the church. No, sir, what every single church in America needs today, if we're going to see a difference, we need a church that has a man 
man that stands behind the pulpit in whom the Spirit of God is. That's what we need today. Every town needs a man of God. Every town, the soul said this. Saul said, uh, when he went looking for his father's asses, and he could not find them, he, he found himself in, the, in, a, in a land, and he said, I don't know what to do. And he said, I hear that there is a man of God in this city. Let's go ask him. Boy, every city, every town needs a man of God. Wasilla needs a man of God. Anchorage needs a man of God. Eagle River needs a man of God. Girdwood needs a man of God. Palmer needs a man of God. Fairbanks needs a man of God. Savunga needs a man of God. Bethel needs a man of God. Uh, Kotzebue needs a man of God. Barrow needs a man of God. Valdez needs a man of God. Every little town needs a man in whom the Spirit of God is that when somebody's life goes to pot and everything falls apart, they can say, let's get down to the man of God he can help us that man has the answer that man can help I know why because he knows God let me ask you are you that man are you that lady can somebody run to you because you know God can somebody come to you and say I know if I can just get to so and so it'll be okay because they know God can we find such a man in whom the spirit of God is you know we find that man suddenly Listen, when we find a man in whom the Spirit of God is, suddenly we hear from God and we no longer hear from man. When we find the man in whom the Spirit of God is, we hear from God and no longer man. The magicians had nothing to offer. The sorcerers, nothing. The counselors, nothing. His priests and witches, nothing. Joseph had an answer from God. Wasn't Joseph, wasn't his answer, God's answer. Because when you find a man in whom the Spirit of God is, you stop hearing from man and you start hearing what God has to say and from God. A Spirit-filled preacher will leave you having heard from heaven, not having heard from man. Boy, I don't ever want you to come to church and hear a preacher. I don't want you to ever come to church and hear me. I don't want you to ever leave and say, did you hear what a preacher said tonight? I want you to leave and hear you know what God said tonight. You know what God did in my heart tonight. You know what God did in my soul tonight. And God convicted me tonight. And God loved me tonight. And God helped me tonight. Let's hear from God and not man. When we find a man of God in whom the Spirit of God is, we'll hear from God and no longer hear from man. You'll leave having heard from heaven. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. He can give advice and wisdom that comes from God alone. He can give that advice and that wisdom that you would have never thought of. Because God speaks through him and speaks to you in whom the man, uh, the Spirit of God is. Do you know what the lost need today? The lost people that come into this church, they don't need to come and just hear some pretty music and, and see some pretty contest and, and come in here and, and hear. Listen, they've played church in a lot of other places. They need to come in and hear from heaven. The lost need to come in and, and hear the gospel. They need to come in and hear the truth. They don't need us to dance around it. They need to stand, somebody to stand and say, hey, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And you better, you better get saved before it's too late. And they don't need somebody to come in and, and dance around and say, it's okay. Live how you want to live. I don't want to offend you. I don't want to lose you. I want you to come. I want you to keep giving. No, sir. I need somebody to stand up and say, hey, thus saith the Lord God.
God. This is the way it is. They got to hear from heaven. You know what your co-workers need and what your neighbors need when they come to you because they know you're a Christian and they know you go to church and they, they see your Bible in your car and they come to you for advice or they come to you for prayer. Do you know what they need? They need God's wisdom. They need to hear from heaven. They don't need to hear from you. They need a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Your Sunday school class, you know what they need? They need to hear from heaven. When your kids leave that class, they need to walk away and say, what a wonderful God. Your name should never come up. They should never even think about you and me. They should never walk away and say, what a teacher. What a bus captain. What a preacher. No, they ought to walk away every time and say, what a God. What a Savior. What a Heavenly Father we have. People that are in your ministry, you know what they need today? They need to hear from God. You bus captains, let me ask you something. Do you have the spirit of God that your bus workers can come to you? When you walk through your section in your area and you're going through and you're walking down the streets, can people come out and call your name and say, Preacher, hey, uh, brother so-and-so, miss so-and-so, I've got to have you today because you have the answer. The people looking for somebody in whom the spirit of God is in your family, the people run to you because you have the answer. I mean, are you running your home on your wisdom or do you run it on God's wisdom? Are you running your home on what you see or what God sees? How do you run your finances? How do you run your family? How do you, how do you choose a college? How do you choose where to live? We need somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. When we find somebody like that, the impossible is done. When you find somebody in whom the Spirit of God is, the impossible is done. They came to Daniel so Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he didn't know the interpretation of it. Daniel said, I'd be more than happy to, to tell him what God said the dream is, uh, what it means. Just tell me the dream. And he said, just got a problem, can't remember the dream. All I remember is it was disturbing, but I don't remember the dream. We've all had those dreams. You wake up and say, that was crazy. I don't remember what it was, but I know it was crazy. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what Nebuchadnezzar said. He woke up and said, I don't know what that was about, but I, that disturbed me. But I can't remember the dream. He called in all of his uh, wise men and all of his sorcerers and, and brought in all the wise men of the world. And they said, listen, just tell us the dream and we can tell you what it means. They couldn't tell him what it meant. What they would do is make something up and lie to him. That's what they would do. But they said, just tell us the dream. They said, he said, I don't know the dream. So if you don't tell me what the dream is, I'm going to kill all of you. They said, this is impossible. Daniel rose up and said, hold on a second. Give me a few minutes to go pray to my God. Because if you find a man in whom the Spirit of God is, the impossible is done. And Daniel came back and told him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. Hey, it's impossible that we can save Egypt from famine, but not with the wisdom of Joseph in whom the Spirit of God dwells. In Aurora Baptist Church, we have no choice but to give God the credit for what he's done around here. We have no choice but to raise our hands at the heaven and say, Lord, you've been good to us. You blessed us you've taken care of us you've continued to give us souls you continue to give us visitors and people baptized and lives are being changed and the church is growing hey it's the impossible being done why because god is in it elisha goes and finds the the widow woman and the widow woman who had no her husband died and left her a bunch of bills and she had she had no way to pay them and the creditors came and said we'll take your boys from you and we'll make your boys into slaves to pay off the debt an impossible situation. Elisha showed up and said, I can help you. I think, what do you have? She said, uh, well, I got, I got a little bit of oil. That's about all I got. I got this little, little cruise of oil. That's all I have. He said, that's enough. That's all we need. Here's what I want you to do. 
go get a bunch of vessels. And don't borrow a few. Get them all. And, and, and then matter what kind of vessel, just go get them. Go get pots and pans and, and, and buckets and jugs and, 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 and bowls. Get, get, just borrow. Get all the vessels you can. Bring them in. Okay, I got all the vessels. Now what do I do? We'll fill them with oil. She filled the first one and went, huh, got the next one? How in the world? Gets the next one, fills up all those, and went and sold the oil and paid all of her debt. Listen, when you find a man in whom the Spirit of God is, like Elisha, they'll say, go and get some cruise of oil and fill them all up. The impossible will be done. Hey, Jesus, we went through healing those that had impossible diseases. Why? Because in whom the Spirit of God is, the impossible is being done. Peter, he would heal people. Why? Because he had the Spirit of God and the impossible was being done. Elisha and Elijah and Peter and Jesus, they all raised people from the dead. Why? Because they all had the Spirit of God and they did that which was impossible because they had the Spirit of God inside them. Hey, let me ask you something. If, if somebody were to walk in here today and Pharaoh would have come into a Royal Baptist church and look around and Ask that question. Can Who can find a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Could he find one here today? Would there be one in our midst? Jesus said this. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. That's what God said would happen if we can find a man in whom the Spirit of God is. If we find a man in whom the Spirit of God is, lives are going to be changed and people are going to be benefited. Hey, they found Joseph, brought him in, and instead of Egypt being a land of famine where all of its, all of its inhabitants would die of starvation, he saved them all. He saved them all. And they brought Egypt in, and not only did he save them, but their entire future and lives and country was transformed. They brought in, they saved up all the money, uh, all the corn and the wheat and, and uh, uh, all, the, all, the, all the food for seven years. And then the famine hit. When the famine hit, they lived on that and everything was okay. But you have to understand, there's other people around there that had part of the famine. They weren't part of Egypt. And so what were they doing? They were coming to Egypt, traveling to Egypt, saying, can we buy from you? They said, sure. And they began to sell the corn and at a very high rate and sell the wheat and, and sell the, uh, the, uh, all the goods that they had at a very high amount of money. And they, they pretty soon, all the surrounding areas, they had all their gold, all their silver, and all their money. But they're still hungry. Next year they come by and say, we got to have more food. Say, we don't have no more money, but, but we have, some, we have some, some, some tools. Would you take our tools? Would you take our animals? Would you take our, our belongings? He said, sure. They took in their belongings and gave them some food. And, and pretty soon, that way they needed more. They came in. They signed over their land and signed over their property just to get food. And by the time the famine was done, Egypt was the wealthiest place the world had ever seen. Look at Egypt today went from one of the greatest, most wealthiest nations of the world to one of the most poverty-stricken places in the world. Why? Because they left God. And you mark it down, ladies and gentlemen, America's headed the same place. America is such a wealthy place and a wonderful place. We, th we throw more food in the trash here than some people see in, in a month's time. We throw it away in a day. We pitch our food in the trash. They don't make it just right. We get kind of full. We don't really like it anymore. We, we just buy, overbuy and throw it in the garbage. We have so much, but the time is going to come because we've left our God and we've, uh, we've allowed sin to come in and we've pushed God out of our town and out of our country and out of our school 
schools and out of our courthouses and everywhere. We're shoving God out. The day will come. We'll be just like Egypt and we'll lose it all also. Can we find such a place in whom the Spirit of God is where lives are going to be changed? Somebody came to me one day. And I don't believe them, but this is what they said. They said, preacher, would you please pray for me? Just pray. And they gave me their scenario. And then they said this. I know if you pray, something will happen. I don't know how true that is. I, I always call Brother Allen and say, you pray. And uh, I'll, you pray, I'll take the credit. And, uh, but man, listen, that's what we ought to be. Be the type of person. If somebody here had a prayer request, and somebody here needed an answer to prayer, and somebody needed God involved, are they going to come to you? Would they come to you? Could they find such a man in whom the Spirit of God is? If somebody in our midst was facing dire circumstances, they said, I've got to have God involved. Are they going to call you up and ask you to pray? Can we find such a man in whom the Spirit of God is? The world, like Pharaoh, is searching for somebody in whom the Spirit of God is that can change their life you know when a spirit-filled person gets around other people their lives are transformed a change takes place you cannot get around a spirit-filled person and walk away the same something takes place and you're changed you know what i hunger for you know what i thirst for i want god to use me i want so badly to be that type of a person that that somebody can say i need help let's call the preacher I need help. I need an answer to prayer. Somebody call preacher. We've got to have our, listen, we're facing dire circumstances. We've got to have help. Is there somebody in whom the Spirit of God is? I hope that they, somebody say, down at Aurora Baptist Church is a preacher. Somebody told me one time, it was a great insult and a great, and a great compliment at the same time. And this is what they said. They said, preacher, if we know of somebody that, that's a, a, a good family and a solid Christian family and church and, and uh, they're a real good, uh, faithful, uh, soul-winning, tithing family, we always send them to another church. But if we ever know of somebody who's an alcoholic or a drug addict or, or down and out and they absolutely need help, we always send them to you because we know that you will help them. Boy, what a, that's what we ought to be. Let's be a church like that. Let's be a church where the Spirit of God is, that, that people can come in off the street and people can come in from a messed up life and people can bring in their broken pieces and bring in their ashes and say, hey, I fell, I'm struggling, I have a heartache, I have a burden, I need help. May they find it right here at Aurora Baptist Church. May there be somebody in whom the Spirit of God is. Let me ask you, if somebody were to come in here today, could they find in here today a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Are you a man or a lady like that? That you have the Spirit of God inside of you? And you know God and you can get a hold of God. And you know that and God and other people know that. And they can come to you and say, I heard that you can interpret dreams. dreams. You say, not me, not me, but God. God can. And I'm more than happy to help. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. How, who could find such a man? It's so rare. It's so rare we'll travel 300 miles to find Elijah. It's so rare we'll travel 50 miles to see a Solomon. It's so rare we'll run around the Sea of Galilee just to get one more glimpse of Jesus. It's so rare I'll climb up a sycamore tree that I just can watch him pass by. It's so rare I'll push my way through the crowd and, and, and to bring my illness and just touch the hem of his garment knowing he'll heal me. 
Who can find such a man? Do we have a men like that here? Do we have ladies like that here? Well, I hope we all drop to our knees tonight and say, okay, God, I want that. I want you to fill me. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a lady of God. I want you to consume me and use me to be what I ought to be as a person of God. Listen, that's how we should all be. We all. God never intended for the Christian to live a normal, natural life. He intended for us to live a supernatural life. He intended for us to be a light in this old world. Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He wants us to be the salt in the earth. We ought to be supernatural. Boys, look up here and listen. He wants us to be supernatural type people that when the world needs help and they're lost and undone, they don't come to church and find a bunch of hypocrites. They don't come to church and find a bunch of fake people. They come to church and find people in whom the Spirit of God is. Let's pray tonight together. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Our Heavenly Father, tonight, I hope that you'd stir somebody here. Boy, it'd be great if three or four people at least